On today's episode of the Exit Plan podcast, I talk to Dines, the co-founder of Studio Blup. Dines walks us through the highs and lows of their time as part of the group and the difficulties of balancing upholding creative integrity with the commercial aspects of being part of a larger company. It gives us a candid description of the challenges and the compromises they had to make, which ultimately led to their decision to leave the group a few months ago. Hope you enjoy our conversation. I'm Dines, creative director and co-founder of a, a creative company called Studio Blup, uh, where mm. we create anything that's everything in terms of digital art, um, digital campaigns, uh, live events, um, specialists in creating amazing campaigns for product. Very nice. Um, and when did you found the company? Uh, so started in 2013. Uh, so we are, so I studied in Southampton and yeah, it was one of those things where I said, I, I can't work for anyone. It's a classic story where, you know, I was a bit, a little bit rebellious at university and you know, I like to get up late and I, I hate people telling me what to do. So I was like, I need to be, uh, you know, in my own destiny. Um, yeah. And then after, after a while, I just started getting some clients from the university um, uh, whilst I was studying, local bars, local restaurants. And then I just thought this is a future in this. Uh, and I became like a bit of a digital artist because my background is graffiti artist, illustration. Um, and I started getting big in the, the kind of... Um, the club scene. Um, I started designing flyers for clubs in Miami, uh, Berlin, Ibiza, London, and um, yeah, started having a reputation about having unique, a unique style. And then yeah, the rest is history. I started getting a bit of attention. The brand started knocking, and yeah, like it's been an amazing journey ever since. Um, and then yeah, teamed it up with my business partner, kind of my business partner, my best mate Alex, uh, halfway. As soon as I graduated, I needed someone to kind of help balance the kind of the black and white side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we we teamed up and we said, you know what, let's um, let's launch this properly. Let's move to London from Southampton. Yeah. Uh, I'm Reggie from London. Um, let's go back home and let's see what we can do. Awesome. So was it at that point that you like set up a limited company and sort of like started it? As in, because I guess you were sort of getting work before then, but then... And are you and Alex, are you 50-50? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, there's, a, there's a little bit of a kind of a, a backstory. That's kind of a, a bullet point bits. But look, I didn't know anything about setting up a company. I didn't know anything about running a company, you know, paying tax. I didn't know, like, how to, you know, even just look after my accounts and actually be, like, a legit. So um, everything I was I was getting through and I was putting it aside. But I wasn't even sending invoices because I was just so busy doing the work. I just always had a backlog of like payment owed um so when i was at so when so when alex basically approached me he said look i'm writing my masters um on on basically on design management and you're my chosen subject and i think you know i think i can dig into you what studio blup is and you know how you first started and i want to write a thesis on you i was like okay this is good so he writes the theses, and then uh, the next minute he gets a, a distinction. Smashed it. Okay. Well, it's, it's good, cho- good choice of subject matter. That's it. That's it. I was like, <laughs> okay. He's asked me some like weird questions. Like, I was, you know, he's like, uh, so what? What would you do? If you're, uh, how do you email clients? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just phone them up. Um, and then yeah, basically, like, so he kind of had the inside scoop. And when he got that distinction, I said, "There's a chance here to create a partnership because." He quite clearly is the organizer, the, the integrator. I'm the visionary, and um, there's a chance here to like build something together. 
and I said to him, you know, if you come on board, uh, it'd be like a, a, a good chance for us to like just fill our dreams, do what we need to do, build a brand that's, you know, known around the world, have fun, travel around the world, work on the biggest clients, uh, meet the most amazing people. And we can do that all by the, by the core of creativity. Are you up for that? He went, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Um, so yeah, so he then learned to basically be a business partner, an MD, um, and, you know, learned the finance side, learned um, eventually to buy and sell, um, but build up his network in that side of the business. And then I had my side and then it was like the perfect yin and yang kind of match. Um, and then, yeah, just it was just a, a flourishing um, partnership ever since. Very nice. I, I, I noticed you mentioned integrator and visionary there, which yep. is that's terminology from, is it traction and get a grip? Those Gina uh, well, Wickman books. Uh, as well, rocket rocket fuel. Fuel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of his. Have so, you have you used that process? Yeah, it's funny. But listen, so um, it got to a point where we it was getting eight years down the line. Right, we were getting frustrated with each other in terms of I was getting frustrated with the fact the fact that I couldn't do certain things that he could do, and he was getting frustrated with things that he couldn't do. Um, for example, um, you know, when it come down to sort of speaking about figures, you know, I I would just kind of throw a number to the wall, but he's very much processed. Um, or he would, someone asked, would ask him an idea, but he couldn't figure an idea quick enough. And we was always trying to learn and be like each other. And so one day we got recommended this book and it listed out everything that I was, it listed out everything that he was. And we kind of looked at each other and said, I'm so sorry, I put that pressure on you. Like, you're not, so he said to me, like, Dines, you're not the guy to, you know, you think off the, off, off the cuff. You know, and I, we need to nurture that. We shouldn't be punishing you for, you know, coming with an idea on a spot and not charging for it. And um, as soon as we kind of realised that beautiful balance, our heads just kind of have a bit more respect for each other. And I let him do what he does and I trust him 100% and he lets me do what I do. And when you have that daily dialogue of just trust, it's just a beautiful space to be in. Um, yeah. So all due to, to, that, to that, that book, we just kind yeah, of yeah. relaxed and did our thing. It's a really useful. I've I used it. I've used it in a couple of businesses, and mm. and I find I, I find it's it's a very um, good framework. Um, a lot of it's like really common sense, but yeah. when I first read it, I was just like, oh my god, this just all like it all, yeah. everything just kind of like fits together. Um, Honestly, yeah, and yeah. you know, what? And it, it actually helps me. It helped me go even further than what my level of, level of thinking was, because it allowed me now just to be more self-aware, understand the, the process that I needed to do to create the magic um, and be unapologetically myself. Yeah. And that, and that was the most beautiful thing when we found out. And it was just, yeah, it was a, it's an absolute game changer. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the, the growth of the agency over the last 11 years um, in terms of uh, number of employees. Um, if you can give me an idea of sort of turnover growth, uh, that would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So we will. Um, so pre, so when we first started Studio Blup, um, you know, we, there's only three of us, you know, it was me, Alex and uh, our Sarah, our amazing animator, and we <laughs> we found her on Gumtree. Uh, so we, just, we were just like looking for just a, a, someone to come in and help do the the, the, the basic stuff of the studios. Well, I can be out, you know, closing business. Alice can be doing his thing, right? So we needed that assistant. Um, and this was before we were in touch with universities. We even had a network. 
and this uh, beautiful little Spanish girl, you know, came hardly spoke English. Uh, she was working in the in the kitchen somewhere at a hotel, and said, "Like, I'd love to have this job." Um, so we, I trained her up from the beginning. Um, I taught her the the, the my ethos system, the Blup, um, uh ethos, and I said to I said to Alice, "We've got a little gem here." So let's build the core of our team up. And when we were small, we were quite, you know, frugal. Um, and, you know, I'm quite open and honest in my previous podcast, but we weren't making any money um, because everything that we were doing was going back into, um, you know, traveling around the, around the world to network. It was going back into um, sort of paying our rent. Um, we didn't really know how to charge clients. Yeah. We didn't know our value, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because we didn't know our value, it was always kind of just this, right? Always in the red. Um you know, the famous story of like I had, uh, you know, the bailiffs knocking at our door just saying, you know, you need to pay, you need to pay your, your electricity bills. You know, I said, those are dark times. Um, and, uh, and I said, basically, we need to understand how money works. So as I sat down and we worked out, this is how to basically promote yourself. This is how you speak yourself. You need to walk into the room with confidence so you can charge the money that you deserve. So after the first year, you know, we hit our first like six figures, a hundred, a hundred thousand. And we was like, oh, my. no, so after the third year, we're like, oh, wicked, we've done it kind of thing. Um, and then we started bringing other people in um, and then building up our sort of our team. Um, so then when we got to uh, 2000, just before COVID, you know, uh, you know, we were turning over, say, half a million, um, 600,000. Uh, but again, very profitable because, you know, it was very cheap wages we were mm-hmm. still paying ourselves very minimal but everything that alex came up with he was like you know what you need to keep money aside for the rainy day and the rainy day was covid <laughs> um and whilst it poured yeah oh my god so whilst that kind of happened we were like okay we've got money set aside if we want to keep all our stuff at the time we were eight people we want to try and keep retaining all our, all our staff. Um, we said to all our clients, our retained clients, that you know we want to make sure that your service throughout this this tricky times. You know we can now do three D at a time when like three D wasn't really really a thing. We said instead of for photo shoots, we can do three D um, perfume bottles, etc. Um, but we're, we're always open, and we don't want to let go of any of our staff. So then um, that's when you know we were kind of like making like actually quite good money, and you know we were. I think we work. Everyone was working remote at the time, and then uh, we kind of had a back of our heads. Okay, this COVID thing could be quite serious, and this could be like a long haul thing. Um, and that's when we had conversations about basically acquisitions, uh, mm-hmm. and that's when we were like, okay, we can either take the gamble and ride it through. This could be the next five, ten years, or we could have a safety net, have a bit of money for personal. And also yeah. to help grow our team, um, but at the same time, you know, this could mean that we can just actually like bootstrap ourselves onto um, a bigger corporation to have that safety blanket. Um, and yeah, that was a that was the next stage of the. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. There's a bit of a story here. Um, so, <laughs> but tell me. So, what? When? When did that conversation come about? Were you approached or? or, or yeah, yeah. So, look, uh, so, so, so we've all. It's a tricky one, right? Because we've always had the dream of, I mean, everyone has a dream of the exit and we didn't know yeah. what the exit was. So we had a couple of offers actually before, uh, before lockdowns from a big kind of company and they offered us 3.2 million, um, to basically buy a blup. Um, we've got so 3. close, 2, but what, cause that's a, that's a big valuation for yeah. a company doing 
five six hundred k. What yeah. were what what were they basing that valuation on? So know? basically, yeah. So it was on basically the, the blood brand. Um, it was basically about the, the potential. Um, it was also a negotiation, so we was pushing it through. Um, but it got to the point where I remember actually we got, we got the like the offer signed ahead of terms, and we were really excited. We were cheers and champagne. But then we read the contract, <laughs> um, and then we had the guys around us basically saying, "The guys, this isn't this isn't this isn't a good deal. This is a this is you sign this. This is a this is an earn out." Um, and if you're not hitting these numbers, you're not going to get your money. You're going to get the figure up front, but this end figure might not ever come. And all of a sudden, you sold your brand, you sold your your soul, and you're working for, and then you're then becoming an in-house team for this company. Um, so we're like, what? We were so, you know young young kids at the time, and we're like, yeah, but eventually it could be three point two. No, no, it doesn't work like that, guys. So we went to uh, went to the day of the signing of the contracts. They had the champagne ready. Photographers there, and uh, and uh, we just basically said, "Look, you guys are unfortunately we can't complete this deal because it's not really a, mich- um, a match in our ambition." And uh, we've had a long talk with you know external people. And this is, this is when we kind of grew up as business owners and started listening to experts. And we said, "This doesn't really work for us." Um, you should have saw their faces. <laughs> it was it was bad. Like, it was it was really bad. But at the end of the day, we listened and we kind of executed and we said like we had pulled out the deal. So because well, of that, so, so when, when sorry sorry when, when was this? Was it what year was this? And so was this, this was bef- before the eventual? Yeah, yeah. So this is two thousand nineteen. Right. Okay. So this is this is before the eventual acquisition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And because of that, you know, it's, we were like, oh, right, is it, sounds bad. And is it that easy to get acquired? You know, and that's what our mindsets were. So as an agency, as Studio Blup, we, we said to each other, okay, how do we buy, how do we create a brand that's buyable? How do we create a company that's buyable? So that's when we started um, taking ourselves a little bit more serious as an agency. Uh, again, we matured and we made ourselves buyable. So it's still keeping that you know, finger on uh, the pulse of culture, um, still being innovative. It's building the brand, but also it's all about the, the p l you know, it's also about, you know, what you're bringing in. So we realized that and we tightened that up. So we, uh, so one of our fr- friends uh, approached us and um, we, we basically sat down and he basically said, look, listen, uh, I've got an opportunity here, which I'm bu- building a, a, a super agency, a super group. Um, I want it to be as big as WPP. Okay. Um, and you guys, you know, we specialize in tech. Uh, um, and you guys could be the sexy, you know, little brother of, of the agency to really like showcase our work. You've seen the clients that you work for, the biggest brands in the world. You guys attached to our brand will make us fly. The deal is, you know, we want to bring you into this group. And then if we sell, when we sell the group, you know, you get a percentage of the group. Um, but I said, oh, that sounds amazing. And obviously, burnt from before, we had a chance really to kind of negotiate, really put things on our terms, really kind of like fine-tune our our asking. You know, for example, keeping the brand name, you know, having, you know, instead of the buyout or the earn-out, like, you know, we want to be in control of it. Um, and then, yeah, so that's when the kind of conversation started with the uh, acquisition. Okay, so, and, and was this 2020 then? Was this in 20, COVID 20, already? 
So this is 2019, end of 2019. So November okay. 2019. So this is quite shortly after you'd said no to these other people. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, okay. And so with this deal, it was so it was no cash. It was just like an equity swap. It was a, it was cash up front. Um, okay. Yeah, because like it was cash up front, and then it was uh, let me get my head straight. Uh, so it was cash up front, and it was paid off um, every six months. So basically, they they um, are quite required. So basically, the whole the whole story was we don't want to sell our company. We we don't want to give you one hundred percent of our company. Let's, let's let's work out what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat down and negotiated, um, and we got it down to the point where um, they were fifty one percent owners. Of Studio Blup, um, so you could say they acquired, but they didn't acquire a, a bigger amount, so just enough to have a bit of control. Yeah, and we said for that we want cash up front, um, and we want the rest of the um, the money paid off every uh, three months. So then that allowed us to have that money for Alex and I's uh, family. You know, we bought our, our properties with it, um, we invested it, and then the rest of it was just to stabilize the stu- the, um, the studio. Okay, cool. So, so that sort of when that deal ended up going ahead, then. Yeah. So, um, so there was a lot of like back and forth, and because like you know we 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 trusted um, every, everyone that was involved because we've been working with them as as mentors for the past like year and a half, and when we worked with the mentors, it just allowed us to again mature even more because we've been burnt in the past. We needed advice on finances. We needed advice on how to run build a big um, agency. So. Because um, we were getting advice, we were there was trust there, and it, it was a perfect fit, you know. Because they were fans of our work, they said, "We don't ever want to change who Studio Blup are. You do your thing. You just keep doing your thing, and we will support you as much as much as we can." Um, and that is the, the, the beauty of it. And because of that, it was just like a match made in heaven mm-hmm. at the time, um, yep. and it was just yeah, a beautiful thing to sort of walk into the room be a shareholder, um, people listening to you who's more, who's been in the game longer than you. And um, yeah, just like a, a partnership in heaven. Okay. And how, um, so the acquirers were building a sort of a group of companies. How many other businesses were there in that group? When so you at joined? the time, yeah. So at the time there's three uh, companies that, that, that were forming. Um, at the time we um, joined, there was a comms agency uh, which was a two-person comms agency. There was us, Studio Blup, and there was an insights and data uh, company. So overall, there's about f- five or six uh, group of us. Um, and because of that, it just that was also the, the shining light because we can just just actually go into meetings with bigger brands and say we've got the back the backing of like SEO, SEO gurus, uh, paid in, insights. We've got a comms agency. We've got data insights, and then you've got Studio Blup, and it's together as the group we were just like unstoppable. And then also we had the people at the top, you know, like, um, you know, our, our head of sales, you know, we, you know, we had the, the chairman, we had all this advanced, like just this, these gurus, like who I loved, um, just helping us like close these deals. Um, and that's when we was like, okay, this is bigger than like blood. Like we're contribution, contributing to like a group. We're contrib- contributing to a big machine that that's going to create value. Um, and, the point is, you know, to sell the group, you know, we need to look great together and we need to look like the band, you know, we need to look like the yeah. Real Madrid of all agencies. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, so that's what kind of pushed us. We push each other. We learn from each other. And um, yeah, that's what kind of created the um, yeah, the buzz around uh, the, 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 the group. Okay. And did it bring in more business for, for, for Blup then? Um, you know, did, did those kind of, did that head of sales kind of actually bring in, in more? Did, did Blup grow after, after you sold? Yeah, years? right. So this is when it gets a bit like nitty gritty because yeah. okay, so you've, you've gone from an independent agency where we call it fireworks and bonfires, right? So we would create fireworks and have four big projects a year for over a hundred grand. And then we'll carry on doing these little 20 grand projects here and there, right? We were happy with that. Like, it's just, you know, we were doing what we're doing and we'd, we'll say no to work because, you know, the team was small and we were protecting our, our, our brand basically. But when you cross over to the real world, to the corporate, and you've got people tapping you on the shoulder, tapping Alex on the shoulder saying, come on guys, you need to hit target. What you forecast, you forecasted 850 grand. And you're not, you're not on target. We're like, but this is, this is the first time we put ourselves under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we were kind of almost at panic stations. So then we had to like bring in account managers, head of, head of, head of new business, uh, new business, um, chief marketing officers. So our team grew from like five all up, all the way up to like 13. And we are realizing like, you know, we had to bring in, experts to help us kind of close businesses but at the same time because we were getting tapped on the shoulder saying come on guys where is this money where's these projects coming in we kind of sold out we were taking on work that wasn't blood we were taking on work that yeah the money was great but then i got my creative team saying dying it's like we haven't joined studio blood to like to do floor plans for an architect but then there's me and Alice thinking, but the architect's paying us 35 grand and we need that to pay your wages. Right. And then it's yeah. like, we're then just chasing tail. I mean, there's other architect floor plans. It's a great business, but like, yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's, yeah. what I, that's what I dropped out of like, not working for anyone to actually then just do boring stuff, you know? Um, so now I'm looking at my creative team and I'm on stage, you know, around the world talking about Blub doing innovative work. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we're not doing innovative work because we have we have to keep the lights on, um, and I, I can't take my creative team to do stuff that we want to do. So it got to the point where, like you know, I kind of take, took a couple of designers from 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 Studio Blap and almost set up a the innovative side of it. So we were still creating good content, but the reality of it was, you know, that we just had so much pressure on just achieving targets. Uh, if we didn't, then you know we could be sacked, <laughs> you know, from our right. own company. So it's yeah. that fear, is that is is that fear, and then you then realize the freedom is gone. You then realize yeah. that am I really building this business for legacy, or am I building this business to make other people rich? And that's when the realization hit. Okay, yeah, a couple of okay, a couple of questions. One, so the you said you grew from five to thirteen. Was that thirteen people within the whole group or within Blup? Oh, the, the whole group was around about one hundred eighty people. Oh, one hundred eighty. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. And that was all over the world. So we have offices in South Africa, I think. Uh, and yeah, loads of, but this is all the individual groups. And then within Blup, it was uh, 13. Okay. And who set that target of 850K for the first Us, year? Stupidly. Like, <laughs> like when, you're, when you're sitting in front of people, that's turning over 2.3 million, right, a year. And you've got little old Blup saying, oh, well, you know, 700 grand, like, that keeps the lights up we're doing, but we're doing good stuff guys no one yeah. cared right so we were like okay so our target was you know in in 
800 and then um, 1.2 and then 1.4. But then at the same time, don't forget, when we join the group, there's promises of selling the group uh, in four years' time. So we had four years to get to um, a two million pound agency, right? So there was little crumbs. So we were like, okay, we'll start from uh, making 20%, building up, building up, building up to, you know, the two, two, two million agency, right? And those are the steps that we need to do. But the offer to buy the group came in after year two. <laughs> right. So, so all of a sudden, the promise of, you know, XR multiple of 2.2 of the buyout to buy Studio Blup didn't look all rosy in the end because we're selling at lower what our valuation should have been. So sorry, what was the multiple for the group? Uh, uh, for, to sell Studio Blup was a multiple of five. Okay. So, okay. and that's what, that's what we were kind of promised. And we're like, wow, this is so we could potentially, you know, sell out for you know, between eight to 10 uh, million in the next uh, four years. That's, that was the plan. Sorry, a multiple of five of revenue yeah, rather yeah. than, okay. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, but then the offer came in and what was, so what was that offer then? For so, the off- the so the offer came to right at the beginning. Um, so, so the offer came in after the second year. So we was, um, we were just under a million basically. So 980,000. Okay. And basically we targeted, um, to basically be 1.3 and we just, we were just shy of that. So that's what I'm saying. By the end of that, we was under under a bit of pressure just to find that 200 grand, just so, so the group altogether, the group seemed profitable for then the larger company to buy the group. Um, and it got to the point where like it not got toxic, but it was almost like there was a lot of responsibility on, on little old blub to hit those targets. Mm-hmm. And then if we didn't hit those targets, then we, you know, we will get me and Alex would get less than what we planned. So we would have basically walked away with only, unless there's only like, you know, 500,000 if we sold at that time, but still shares in, in the, in the group. But it was, it was a bit demoralizing because, we've worked so hard and then, but the deals come too quick. Right. And we're not getting as much money as what we fought for the company. And in reality, after paying tax on that, you're left with nothing. And you've, you're basically starting from scratch and you're working for someone. What, um, what, um, what was the mechanism? Cause they, they took 51% of Blup, right? Yeah. Then, and if you had gone ahead with the sale to the, the sale of the whole group, how, what was the mechanism for, group to get up to 100% with Blup? So we had um, a, uh, a few percentage of uh, 4% in the group, Alex and I. Right. Um, so if we would have got 4% of the, the final total, I, I can't, I don't know those figures what it was touted for, but we would have yeah. got 4% of that. Um, and then I think they would have had to buy the rest, the other 50% of Studio Blup. So they own 100% of Studio Blup as part of the group. So then we would have, yeah, basically had a certain amount of money flexible from that from that sale. I see what you mean. So basically at the point where the whole group sells, they like buy the buy the forty nine the other forty nine percent off you and then and then you get a higher multiple on the four percent of the group. Okay. Yeah. That's right. You're thinking it. It, you're talking, that's a, you that's perfectly put that's exactly it. But it's, it's really simple. Okay. And that, it took, it, I'm I'm quite sort of low level in terms of talking about this because I had to get it broken down as simple as that to me to understand right. it because there was numbers being thrown yeah. about. There's like three letter words talking about, it, and I was like, "What are you on about, guys? Just give it to be simple." Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do I need to do to make this happen? Okay, um, 
okay, so so then what what happened? It, so it sounds like it wasn't, you know, there were the writing was on the wall. Stuff didn't feel quite right. Um, so so what what happened from there? So um, it, it got to the point where there was a lot of pressure on everyone in in in, in the group, um, and I think when it, when the pressure comes, it. it it becomes like a bit like not not desperate, but it, everyone's everyone's looking over their shoulders, thinking like you know, it's, it's, what's going to happen here, right? With this deal, I think I'm not too sure. Um, you'll probably find out more once you know everything is sorted. But um, there's there was a point where we needed we needed to acquire another agency to just pump up the the EBIT dial of the group. Okay, and I think there would be put an offer in for another agency, um, and something something happened. I'm not too sure. A few, a few things, you know, I can't exactly say on, online, but um, yeah. that kind of fell through, um, yeah. which then kind of put the pressure on us to find another agency. Um, and because that, because we was on a ticking time bomb, with the buyers wanting to find, you know, to, to, for us to find uh, another agency, it kind of just then um, kind of petered out, basically. And in the end, we didn't find that agency to match what the group was um, offering. Um, and in the end, uh, the deal was put put on hold. The whole deal for the whole group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, okay. But, and then, and then, and then what happened after that? So, yeah. So what happened after that was just basically, basically we had a, uh, we had our big, like, we got, we throw a part at an event every year called Blupex. We bring all our big clients and our, our followers and fans and fans, and all big big party, right? Digital exhibition. And at the end of it, me and I were like celebrating, saying, "Oh, what a, what a show!" And then he just turned around and said to me, "Oh, um, X has pulled out the deal." I was like, "What?" I On the day it. of the party. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "What?" Low key, we were kind of a little bit more happy. But, it sounds weird, but we were quite happy about that because we were thinking, oh, okay, if they pulled out, that means we've got, we've got another four years, another three years to, to find another buyer. This is great. Mm-hmm. Being selfish. Right. Um, and in the end, we just kind of like, just basically said, like, okay, um, let's see what's, let's see what's going on with it. So in the end, we were like, do we stick around for four more years at that rate? of trying to just break our necks, doing, building an agency that we didn't want to do, but taking on work just to hit target. Mm-hmm. Or do we exercise our right to buy ourselves back with the okay. money, with what we said and be independent again and just like be in more control and actually just find and do what we want to do and actually go down a different path to build something that's worth more, but on our own terms. Um, and that was the kind of decision we made um, so we kind of looked through contracts, spoke mm-hmm. to our, our best lawyers, yeah. put the proposal on table uh, to the uh, to, to the to the chairman and to the board. Yeah, I basically said, "Look, guys, I think this is, our journey has come to an end. We want to exercise our right to get out and be independent." Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's part two okay. of the story. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, I mean, it's quite a story. So um, what was the mechanism for you to be able to buy that 51% back? And how did you how did you fund that? Because you mentioned that you'd, you'd, you guys have gone off and bought properties. So presumably that cash was tied up elsewhere. 
Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, again, Alex, numbers guy, just cleared up. Cleared up and, yep. um, it got to a point where we were, we're like, okay, how much, how much is this going to cost us? And in the end, we, we was like, actually, we've got the shares in the group. How much is that actually worth? So we said, guys, um, how about we we look at the, the current cost, the current share price of um, the group, and we in exchange we exchange it back for our um, Shuja Blup shares. Um, plus, because what was happening also uh, in 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 this in this group was we were paying service charges uh, from it, and in all honesty, that 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 crippled us um because okay. yeah that was the biggest again learning curve so we were paying for you know i mean it, it made sense at the time but you know beautiful space in soho you know we were paying you know the people at the top good salaries um mm-hmm. you know we're putting cash money in the cash reserve you know it was it was like okay you're taking 50 percent of our profit and it goes back into the machine for right. eventually you know the the buyout and we were just getting a lot of advice from everyone saying, "This is, guys, this is this is a shit deal. It's not making you grow." And we're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, the dream is one day we've got no. guys like you're you're paying half your profits to um to the group. It's supposed to be there to help you grow, but it's 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 stifling you. You've got no money to even bring in new designers. What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we had so much confidence and, and you know trust in what was the you know we trusted the process and it was nearly there and if it was nearly there we would have all won <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? and it would have been worth the, the way and it would have been worth the investment um so yeah so we ended up, ended up actually being in in um a deficit of money owed to the group because there was a point where we're saying we can't afford to now um pay what we owe to the group so we need to either like basically value that and then pay it back eventually mm-hmm. or we just take a clean slate um and that's when you know it kind of got into the nitty-gritties of okay what's what how can we kind of chop this this um acquisition back right and was that fairly amicable or not so much yeah honestly so the thing is don't forget you know we we became everyone we were tight you know, the whole team were tight and you know still love them to this day um and you know, they, they are the most amazing people and we learned so much. They believed in us. They gave us confidence. I, I'll never forget what, how they made us feel, like top of the world. It, you know, I could turn to anyone and everyone had the answer. But it just happened that you just didn't have the legs to get over the line. So when we announced it, I think then everyone knew the writing was on the wall because I'm an ambitious guy. Alice is an ambitious guy. I, I, I'm losing... 50% of myself here. Oh, that's what I am. Like I am black. Like mm-hmm. everything I do is for this company. Everything I do is for, for this brand. I've got a family now, you know, you know, I've got a seven month old baby and this is like, I need to be ruthless now. I need to focus on me now. And what my ambition is, Alice has got two beautiful girls, you know, he's got white, like we need to f- focus on us. And when you, when you're coming from a place of, it's either, sell out the money or legacy and I want to pass this on to my son one day or build something you make the right decisions and you do it for for the soul so when we, when we announced it it was like we knew this was coming 
let's talk. Let's see what we can do mm-hmm. to make this as smooth as possible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, I, we can make this as hard as you want or we can make this as easy as you want. How, what route do you want to go down? Yeah. And it was like, okay, let's, 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 let's go down the easy route. Let's make it, let's make it nice and fair. Okay. So it sounds like there was a sort of nice, like kind of practical, everyone was approached it quite practically and you were able to just kind of make a deal and go independent. And to be honest with you, I think, I think they just felt sorry for us. Um, right. They, they, they looked in my eyes and was like, this is they, part of, part of the whole thing was they knew that uh, my ambitions, they knew that, you know, because we're, we're good guys and we're seeing our dreams being burnt away in front of our eyes. It's just like, you know what? You guys have not effed us over ever. You've yeah, been yeah. loyal. Yeah. And because you've been loyal to us, we'll be, we'll be loyal to you. And let's, let's make this work. That's great. So when did that happen? When did you go independent again? I, think <laughs> I saw something on LinkedIn quite recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's uh, the party started, didn't it? No, nah, I didn't really. <laughs> so after, after we got everything over, we spoke to the lawyers and uh, the lawyers were unbelievable. Um, you know, again, another le- le- lesson learned, you know, work with the best. Expensive, <laughs> but work with the best. Um, and just kind of understanding, you know, if you were to do this again, you know, make sure it's, it's done like it's done properly. Um, and, you know, you build something that is, is you know, that you're proud of and you want to, you stick to your guns, right? Um, so then, yeah, so that was completed just before Christmas. Um, and yeah, we've kind of got all contracts signed. We set, we set up a payment plan um, to pay back the debt that was owed to um, to the group. And yeah, shares exchanged, and um, it was so clean. It was so clean. And the best thing was, like, is we're now still partners. So nothing has actually changed. It's like they're still feeding us work. We're still get, getting, you know, giving them work. Um, we're still linking up. We're working on joint projects together, but it's just us, how, like yeah. it used to be, you know. Yeah. And it's, and because of that, it's just like there's no pressure now, and it's it's just a beautiful thing. And I think because the deal didn't happen, they looked at themselves, and you know they thought you know maybe we start small again, and we grow back bigger, and we go again. But for us, it's like look, we go on that journey. Um, you can be part of it. We'll be part of yours. Uh, but let's go in it as as boys, you know what I mean, rather than going in it as I don't know, business partners. Let's go in it as, as as friends, and that's what that's what the most beautiful thing is. So then, yeah. So when we got when we was independent, we um, Alex and I sat down with the team, um, and we said, "Look, we're going through this now." Um, in all honesty, Barnaby, we're kind of like reevaluating where we where we want to be, and we're saying to ourselves, "Okay." Do we, do we let's trim uh trim the trim the fat to make ourselves pro- profitable again we don't need a space in soho mm-hmm. <laughs> that paying 150 grand a year for uh we can remote work remote we can still keep that company culture uh by like teaming up every every month and you know doing what we need to do having fun to the working a you know be there be support there for our creators and work on projects that we want to work on and work be maximum be profitable again um, and be in control. So we sat down. We said, "Like, this is our new year plan. This is what we want to do." And as an independent creative company, let's go. 
Great. Uh, yeah, what, it's, it's, what, 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 a, what a story. And thank you very much for sort of being so open about it and, and sharing that. And I think it's, it's so useful for the people that listen to this um, because in some ways that is people's biggest fear when they sell their business is that loss of control and what happens if it goes wrong. But I guess that sort of did happen to you and it kind of turned out okay. So I agree. You know? and, yeah, yeah, by the way, and you're, you're 100% right. And listen, like, the, the, having the ambition to sell should always be the back of your mind, right? We just was potentially a bit unlucky, but it made us realize what we do want and not what we don't want. Mm. And if it means nearly losing your company and then clawing it back and owning what you've worked so hard for since I was 19 years old, <laughs> Um, and to be and to have it gone at the, at the click of a finger, it's like no, 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 no. We've built something. Let's maintain it. And I've we've learned so much. It, it's brought it's matured us. And the fears that people will put themselves into when when they're getting acquired or you know or being bought out or whatever, that it, it is a good thing as long as everyone's on the same path and, you know, and as long as they, everyone matches the same ambition and you gain, you look deep in your soul to be like, is this what I need? Is this what I can do to the best for my family? Um, and once you realize that and all those answers are yes, yes, yes. And the right person is the right person to um, collaborate and, and grow with and make good money with and have something that provides for your family, then that is your answer. If you can't find any of those and there's something missing, follow your gut and just ask for expert opinions and, make that decision there and then that's brilliant thank you very much thank you very much for listening to the exit plan podcast if you enjoyed it please leave us a review to help other people find us if you would like your question answered in MA QA or are wondering what's next for you and your business and want to chat about an exit plan drop me an email on barnaby at foxcogroup.com or get in touch with me on linkedin